Hi there, and welcome to Vet Chat, a new podcast for the veterinary profession brought to you by the Webinar Vet. We're going to discuss all things from clinical cases to hot topical debates. I'm your host, Ben Sweeney, and for the first time in my life over the episodes ahead of us, I'm aiming to listen more than I talk, and I can't wait for you to join me for the adventure. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Vet Chat. And today I am delighted to be joined by Laura Hyam, who's a consultant in sustainable livestock production for the Food Animal Initiative. And maybe this career path was almost inevitable given that she grew up on a Sheffield smallholding chasing pigs and milking goats. In other news, Laura has also spent two months working in the war zone in Darfur uh, on, anim- on an animal health project. And in a brief flirtation with a television career, she was interviewed by a news program about camels, which she admits that she did not know anything about. Strangely, she hasn't been pursued for further TV commitments. Today, however, we get this great opportunity to chat to her about a topic which she has a wealth of knowledge and it's pertinent to us all and our futures. So, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to having a chat about sustainability. Um, And I think first and foremost, uh, frankly, what is sustainability? Thanks, Ben, and, and thanks for the introduction. Um, sustainability, to me, means looking very broadly and holistically at the environmental, ethical and economic challenges that we face um, and putting together solutions to those challenges. So to many people, it would mean really just looking at the environmental aspects, which are obviously absolutely critical and there are looming crises ahead of us and actually we're living through the challenges of environmental um, challenges as, as we speak. But but really, for, for me, it, it, it does link into ethics and economics as well. Um, we, we As vets, we obviously know the uh, in detail the challenges around animal welfare, um, also challenges such as antimicrobial resistance, and, and all those things must tie into sustainability, um, which, um, which, again, brings me back to it, the necessary um, sort of approach, which will be looking holistically at all of these challenges together. Yeah, and I, and I think that's something that certainly from my point of view, when you, you look at sustainability, you, you kind of sometimes are almost drawn into the instantly thinking about just, you know, oh, sustainability is just about recycling and so on and so forth. And that sort of, you know, that that green movement, as it were. But there is obviously so much more to it than than purely just, you know, looking at, you know, reusing what we have done. It's, you know, it's planning for that future, I suppose. But obviously, given your background, you know, obviously you've, you've had that small holding upbringing, but, but, you know, why and how did you sort of first get interested and involved in that sort of st- sustainability movement, if you will? Yeah, so I, I grew up on a, uh, yeah, as you say, on a small holding just outside Sheffield and was absolutely privileged to, yeah, be surrounded by animals um, throughout my childhood. And I'm really grateful to my parents for that now. Um, but it really um, meant that I grew up with a love of, of nature, quite simply, um, also with an understanding of, of how animals Animals can enrich our lives and the importance of animals um, to human well-being and the importance of looking after um, livestock if we are to use them for food production Um, and that really led me into vet school with with the idea of really focusing on um, on the farm animal side as it turns out I went into um, a mixed practice when I graduated moved to New Zealand to continue my mixed practice um, sort of career out there and then when I came home really realised that I wanted um, a career that looked a bit more holistically and broadly at the challenges um, around food production, um, which led me to work um, with a charity based in London, but working a lot across Africa and the Middle East, um, working really with um, with 
working equids and livestock in disasters and emergencies. That was with Spanner, the charity, uh, which was just such an incredible uh, stint, really, of, of about three years working for those guys. Uh, and I, it was a real privilege to work with those communities um, in places like Jordan, in Morocco, in um, in Zimbabwe, in uh, Mongolia, in, in Sudan. Um, so incredible opportunity, really. But again, gave me a, a new sort of perspective on the role of vets in international development. Um, and again, food, sustainable food production. And then from there, realised I wanted to focus on um, the farm animal side. So I took a role with the, the Food Animal Initiative, um, where I currently work as, as a veterinary surgeon, looking after the animals on, on their farm from a vet from a vet health perspective, and also running projects and research programmes um, with um, both on that farm and also within within the commercial supply chains of, of our clients, which are primarily food businesses. Um, and since then, really sort of have gone on to, to work with a number of different clients and a number of projects and, and have now started work on a PhD looking at uh, very specifically on antimicrobial use in livestock production. Really, for me, as a means of really finding those production systems for farm animals that um, that that are you know are sustainable in the long term and also ensure that we are um upholding our responsibilities for animal welfare so uh, again really broad a broad project looking at uh, looking at antibiotic resistance antibiotic usage but really as a, as a means of, of championing those production systems that i believe will be sustainable in the future um, and obviously also protect public health um, and in a very roundabout way now, I'm <laughs> coming back to the, the sort of sustainability in the veterinary profession side. Um, it's been on my mind for several years that vets hold this incredible um, position in society, as well as this opportunity to drive sustainability in our uh, niche at the human animal environmental interface. Um, and so over the course of the last few years, I've been wondering how I engage more with the veterinary profession around sustainability. And then in October, took, took that leap and, and put together Vet Sustain. Um, but, but really it's been in the making for quite a long time and um, I'm really keen to champion vets and their current work um, in sustainability as sustainable as sustainability agents if you like um, but also to try and support the profession to do more in our current roles. Yeah and I think well that, that probably quite nicely leads us on to sort of your new initiative founded in, in October last year which is obviously Vet Sustain. So you know what what is Vet Sustain and you know what 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 do you do within the organization and you know what what what's going on there at the moment? Sure so so Vet Sustain is an initiative that I established last October alongside 16 other vets and paraprofessionals. It's, as I say, it's been quite a few years in the making. Uh, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how crucial vets are to a sustainable society, really, um, particularly in the context of the global food system, but also in relation to our care of other species, so companion animals, sports animals, working animals, wildlife, etc. Um, and we very much operate at this interface between animals, people and the environment. Um, we're also multidisciplinary scientists. We uh, work on a daily basis with the public, those of us that are in practice. Um, and we're also amongst the most trusted of the professions, which has come out recently from an RCVS survey. And I felt it was time that our profession was recognised and championed for the work that we that we do here, but also that we leverage our position to do more. Um, and there's no doubt that we're really looking down the barrel of a global catastrophe. Um, one which will see the demise of, of life on Earth. And that that's such... A horrific thing to be saying um it's it's harrowing um but it, it really is the case that if we continue on this current trajectory we are 
in serious trouble as a species and obviously we'll be bringing down our fellow species on the planet and it's and I suppose uh, when I had my daughter 18 months ago this this crisis came into sharp focus for me um, and it sounds mm. cliched but it's exactly what happened and although I felt powerless and insignificant in terms of the the sort of astronomical challenge that we face um, I did feel that we could all leverage this you know the small spheres of influence that we have and that that was how I felt I've got you know a small sphere of influence perhaps within my family within the community within the workplace and, and potentially in the small sphere within the veterinary profession of people I know for example um, and by bringing on board 16 other vets and paraprofessionals I realized that we could you know build on their spheres of influence and actually over time, we've managed to reach across a significant section of the profession in the UK and are already reaching across, you know, and making having traction overseas in the, in the profession over there as well, which is exciting. And, and really, at the moment, we are just a movement. We are just an initiative mainly consisting of volunteers that, you know, uh, we're working after kids' bedtimes and things on Vet Sustain. It's very much a voluntary <laughs> initiative. And that's why it, it might seem to be um, quite slow in what we do. But at the same time, we, we have made some progress already. And I'm excited about what the future holds for us. Um, our, our aim, our, our sort of big, big um, vision, really, is for the veterinary profession to be a driving force for sustainability. And our mission is to support the profession in embedding sustainability practices and policies into our working lives, but also to support the, the, um, the sectors that we influence. So primarily thinking about farm animals, and companion animals and, and informing and inspiring so being you know creating a positive space for vets um, informing and inspiring our fellow members of the profession to to work um, work together in this space to drive change um, so that's essentially what we do and we, we have um, a, a social media presence so a Facebook group and page Twitter and LinkedIn pages we have a monthly um, e-newsletter we have monthly webinars now that we've just launched with uh, the webinar vets very kindly they're providing a platform for us so thank you to Anthony and the team um, and we've also just uh, started working on a number of initiatives developing a series of toolkits um, and resources to guide our profession through the challenges that lie ahead so for example how a practice might um, become much more sustainable in their in their work and also how a vetting practice might guide their clients towards more sustainable animal ownership um, we're also working with a, um, a sort of collective of representatives from each of the UK vet schools and we are supporting the development of a curriculum guide um, around sustainability topics for, for, vet, vet, um, for the vet schools, which is really exciting. So it's been quite a quiet four months <laughs> then by the sounds of things. Um, I mean, it, it, it's such a, like you say, it, it's an almost unfathomable size of a project when you look at it on a global scale and, and you know I think the, the the risk you know as you say when you had your daughter um that that gives you a, a change in your life perspective almost and certainly we've got a four-month-old at home and and you know when he was born you look at stuff and you're like well actually you know what kind of a world is it that that you know he's going to grow up in and that you know the, the, the kids of the next generation are going to grow up in and actually you know that is our responsibility there's no good turning around and saying well actually this person uh, did this and it's their fault and that thing actually we've still got this window of opportunity to uh, to make positive steps but I think a project of this kind of size can sometimes be daunting for everybody to look at it and go well you know what on earth am I going to do to do that so you know what what can members of, of the veterinary community do within their own little microcosms of the world to to you know make positive steps towards sustainability yeah you're, you're right and just going back to 
something he said there is there's so much to do um, and there are so many organisations working across um, sustainability without perhaps um, perhaps specifying it as such. So what Bet Sustain does not want to do is duplicate efforts. We have not got the time nor the resources to duplicate efforts. So I must stress that. Um, and there are some incredible organisations out there that are doing a huge amount um, uh, around, for example, you know, the BBA have, have, um, have worked on the sustainable agriculture position, which is really, which is fantastic. They've worked on a Choose Assured campaign to advise consumers on sustainable food choices. We've got um, uh, the Diversity Society. So um, one of our steering group members, Thebe, is, is also um, part of the, the Diversity um, Society, which is, which is fantastic. So looking at diversity and inclusion in the workplace in the vetting profession um, and, th and so many more there's absolutely heaps going on we, we don't wish to duplicate efforts um, but there are gaps that def desperately need to be plugged so um, that's where Vet Sustain will, will sort of um, you know use its very limited time and resources um, what what vets can do um, I think there's a multitude of things we can do is first recognizing that we've all got a part to play in this um, that you know, to first take, take small steps you know try not to feel like it's overwhelming and um, to take those those first small steps in the sphere of influence that you have, whether it's within your family and um, your extended family or, or probably more tangibly within the workplace. So there's an increasing amount of guidance. There's webinars, CPD coming out um, from the likes of SPIVs, um, Davis Veterinary Group and Ellie West have done a huge amount and they've published blogs and articles, um, peer-reviewed articles and such around um, around sustainability and practice. So you can certainly start to, to look at that, those CPD options. Um, and, and and start to build a green group in your workplace. So gather a couple of mates at work, those that might be interested in, in environmental stewardship or might be interested in medicine usage or um, might be interested in drilling down into animal welfare, breeding practices, and for example, um, and, and really start to put together small projects within the workplace um, and approach your, your managers and directors about those and, and present them as a small project that you'd be willing to, to take on. I, I think trying to take those first small steps is, is key and not to feel overwhelmed by the challenge um, but know as well that you now have better sustain in your corner as well so please do reach out to us and contribute to our Facebook group you know join our closed Facebook group it'd be great to have as many on there as possible um, and like our page you can follow us on Twitter and on LinkedIn and um, subscribe to our, our monthly newsletter and you can go to vetsustain.org to, to find out where to where to click for all of those different things but we we have got your back on this and we do support you and if there's something that that our sort of steering group can do to support you and whether we can pull in new CPD on specific topics, that sort of thing, please do send us an email or drop us a note via Facebook. That would be great. And I think obviously the vet community as a whole are, are, are generally speaking, you know, very proactive with a lot of, you know, sort of um, topical subject matter. And, and how have they... How have they sort of received that sustained so far? You know, have they have they been keen to engage with? Yeah, you? it's it's yeah, it's been primarily really positive. And um, you know, as I say, we've we've been up and running for only four months, and I have to remind myself of that and not <laughs> not feel like we're we, we're going so slow. We've only been in in you know we've only um, been in, in in play for four months. But but yeah, we have received positive um, feedback. Lots of emails from people that want to help us as volunteers sort of thing we've had positive feedback from the bva on our strategy which is great um, we've had conversations with the rcvs um, and we we're really hopeful of a, a sort of a fruitful partnership with with rcvs and bva in the future although things are still 
um, sort of very much in the pipeline at the moment. Um, but on the whole, we've 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 had yeah a really positive response. And on the Facebook group, it's 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 really interesting to see the discussions evolve over time. It's not without its um, debates, that's for sure. And I think that's really healthy. Um, as long as we keep them polite and professional, I think all of that is really good. We've had particular, you know, the particular. Um, topic of debate would be around diets um, and again I think that reflects just what society is talking about at the moment and I would absolutely encourage us to talk about what a sustainable diet of the future might look like um, but again keeping it polite and professional and, and is, is absolutely key to us at Vet Sustain this has to be a positive space um, and a safe space for us to talk about very very complex and multi-dimensional issues um, so, so yeah, it's um, it's generally been really well received, which is fantastic. And then, obviously, one of the big areas of interest within the sustainability movement is is this issue of farming. And and given the UK being its island status, um, you know, we're we're looking at. I think they were talking about a global population of somewhere around about nine point eight billion or something by twenty fifty. They reckon, which is is just an you know a huge number that you can't really um visualize almost but that that provision of, of food for that 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 community is obviously something that we do need to look at long term now the uk farming industry is obviously you know regularly feel got at um, from various different angles of society um, and obviously sustainability will 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 add another pressure point to, to uk farmers um potentially now Obviously, we all know within the profession that UK farming is head and shoulders above many other systems across the world. But how have they perceived this sort of drive to sustainability and almost this added hurdle for them in life? Yeah, I think it's a hugely important conversation, this. And as, as I've worked in the farming industry now for six years, I very much understand um, and, and can see the daily daily pressures um, on, on the farming industry. We, we have an organic mixed farm in Oxford where our offices are based. And, and so I've been working on that farm with our farm manager and farm team for, for six years now. And, and they are also feeling feeling that, um, particularly on social media. And um, and, and it's, it's become a very, very toxic um, place for farmers, which is, which is quite frankly horrendous. You know, farmers are producing food in a way that we've asked them to produce it really since um since the war you know they're producing food on a mandate that we want cheap goods you know as cheap as possible yeah. um and the, the the average food basket now in the uk is a, a very very small percentage of our our of our pay packets and what is going to suffer what is going to suffer is the environment and animal welfare um, and as you say we have got some of the highest welfare standards in the world which is fantastic but again that's an extra pressure point on farmers to, to produce cheap food and uphold high standards of animal welfare and again what we're seeing there is is then the the resultant demise of of, of our ecosystems um, some farmers are obviously working very hard to preserve and restore natural ecosystems and that's fantastic but unfortunately in some parts of um, the country and parts of the world that, that's not the case you know there's been the, the state of nature report was very damning that we're, we're losing species in in terms of diversity and abundance um in huge percentages year on year certainly since the 1970s um and that's something that we desperately need to need to address so not by pointing fingers and blaming farmers because every single one of us who eats food is accountable um, we have to work together and we have to try and um, incentivize farmers um, to, to to uphold and, and to to restore public goods uh, in terms of environmental services and, and again animal welfare so uh, there's huge opportunities there you know farmers are stewards of our landscapes of our countryside and um, so 
not, not only are they producing food, but they are absolutely delivering public goods and, and, and can deliver more of that um, if we incentivize them properly, which is, which is, you know, post-Brexit, we have, there's an interesting opportunity here because the Agriculture Bill is starting to look at really incentivizing these public goods, which is an exciting time, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, 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 there's hope there for, for, for seeing the UK as a, a leading light on this. Um, and and that, that's giving me hope this year, for sure. And interestingly, thinking about that, you know, is there a difference? You know, we, we, we have multiple shops locally. You've obviously got your big, um, you know, your big supermarkets and things like that. But is there a difference between supermarket sourced food products and stuff that you know you would get in your local butcher and your local uh green grocers and things like that you know is, is there a major difference between those it's two? a really good question um my local butcher <laughs> boy doesn't thank me for asking him questions all the time but to be quite <laughs> honest some butchers are um are sourcing locally they're sourcing uh free range pork for example and they're um they're, they're providing free range eggs and their um their meat is, is is high welfare um others don't so so be really clear on this some butchers will source from um commercial commercial supply chains as well um so it's just a case of asking um again some are, are real leading lights on this and others will will be buying from you know the commercial the commercial pot if you will so <clears throat> So I would I really, um, tell, you know, really advise people to ask questions in terms of supermarkets. Again, ask questions if it's not clear and, and food labelling can be quite um, confusing. Um, but if, if it's not clear, we must start asking far more questions than we are doing currently. And um, there's lots of debates in Parliament all the time about food labelling and, and whether we should put method of production um, labelling on food packs um, for various reasons that's oppo- been opposed in the past. But it's something that I think would be would, would really empower um, citizens to to put their money um, in, into the farmers pockets where they where they want, you know, in, in ways that they want their food producing. So um, personally, I just think it's about asking far more questions than we currently do, getting out there on social media and asking questions. Um, and 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 going forth that way, but yeah, there the, the can be a difference, Ben, but but not always. So it's it's just to be aware of that. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the farming question is obvious, but but you know, in companion animal, where you know the vast majority of of the veterinary profession are, are working, you know, what 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 sort of sustainability implications do we have with with our you know dogs, cats, increasingly rabbits, and you know the occasional gecko thrown into the mix? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the the, the, the two sides of vet sustainable working on is the side where we're looking in the mirror you know, sort of looking hard at the mirror and uh, in the mirror and, and and really thinking about how we work and um, about our veterinary activities um in the workplace in practice so helping that that business whether it's an independent vet practice or part of a corporate chain looking at how that's operating and, and, and making um significant improvements improvements where necessary um, and also think looking in the mirror and thinking about us as citizens in our own rights. So our role in society as trusted professionals, what are we doing um, in terms of our lifestyles? Um, and, and so looking at that and, and making changes where necessary. That's really important. And, and secondly, then once we've got our house in order, we can look at the sectors that we influence. So again, looking at companion animals, looking at the way we keep horses, um, looking at how we keep exotic uh, pets and, and starting to work with companion um, animal owners um, in, in that sphere as well. So what are we feeding pets? Um, you know, how, how do we stop birds from, from, from killing so much wildlife in the garden if they're doing that? Uh, all of those <laughs> things, you know, should we be applying... Um, 
monthly antiparasitics to our pets, bearing in mind that we've got increasing knowledge and awareness of, of how those antiparasitics can go on to pollute waterways and um, have a knock-on effect in terms of ecotoxicity um, for wildlife. That sort of thing is what we need to be now addressing and advising our our clients on. Um, Vet Sustain is working hard on some of these issues which are currently not that clear to be honest on what exactly we should be advising um, but there are some very clear wins and and, and I think um, I think that's something that, that that vets can start to um, start to work together on to put together these guidance notes for um, for companion animal uh, owners. Yeah I think that's it isn't it it's looking at the you know the actual bigger picture impact of everything we use it you know I certainly don't think much about when I'm handing out wormers and things like that to patients and actually when you start thinking of the, the the implications further down the chain from that it really does give you some sort of chance to reflect on your, your clinical practices it as does, well. and it holds uh, opportunities for far more diagnostics you know we're not just saying let's strip away this this um this sort of source of income which is essentially what it would mean for a veterinary practice that's relatively reliant on medicine sales we're saying actually we can do strategic treatments that's fine but they have to be based on diagnostic testing and and that that has to be the future of veterinary practice for me is to be much more smart about about what we're prescribing and what we're using yeah definitely and i think probably last and and certainly by no means least laura you know what is the big plan for the future for Vet Sustain? No yeah, pressure. this is it. This is a question that we get asked a lot. And um, to be quite honest with you, Ben, it's it's still um, in in the making that that big that big vision. We're currently working on a series of of, um, of veterinary sustainability goals, which we hope to bring to the profession soon um, as a means of of sort of coalescing around some very clear visions for the future and then developing our resources that will then contribute to, to those goals. That will be the first thing. But um, my, my personal ambition for Vet Sustain would be to, to set it up as something slightly more concrete than a sort of movement, uh, which is taking volunteer effort. It would be to set it up as a small um, organisation and which will allow us to um, hopefully become, you know, sustainable in our, in our own right and to deliver what the profession needs us to deliver um, and there is a real niche for that at the moment and, and a real um, urgency for for those resources and for that information so that my hope is that in the next few months you'll see Vet Sustain becoming something a bit more concrete um, and it'll be much more clear about about where we're heading in terms of the big goals uh, that we that we'll all should be aiming towards. Well, I think those goals go, they're pretty good ones. Um, so, Laura, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see how Vet Sustain progresses in the weeks, months and years oh, thanks, ahead. Please if, you lis- please, if you're listening, do, you know, get involved. You know, it might be that you can just do the tiniest little bit of things, um, but but that will have, you know, a long-term impact. So I'm really excited to, to get more involved with it. And I know many more people will. So thanks so much for joining us again. Um, and I look forward to watching the journey ahead. Thanks so much, Ben, for the opportunity to talk to you today. Much appreciated. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Vet Chat. If you've enjoyed listening to my dulcet scouse tones as I interview people much more intelligent than myself, then please do click follow and join us for future episodes.